With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Razcast. I, just, I almost forgot the new name that T-Hole and I, Christian, this podcast a few weeks ago. A few weeks, just because we had Thanksgiving in between. I sort of wanted to do a podcast, but it probably wouldn't be wise just because with vacation for a lot of people. And uh, the fact that, you know, as you hinted in today's post of yours, your streamer post today... Uh, Matt is, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about Westworld later on, and I, I feel like we would have messed up a lot if we talked about Westworld and then watched the latest episode where, you know, everything happened, and, um, you know, we'd feel kind of like we missed something. So anyhow, I guess we could use that as an excuse to, you know, skip a week for a good cause. Um, how are you doing, Matt? I'm great, and I'm glad we're doing this on a Thursday because I know you hadn't watched the episode yet, and it was very necessary to watch that episode before we actually sat down and talked about it because a lot happened. Yeah, I mean, funny story. I I normally am awake during that time. The thing of it is is I I drink on Sundays. I, I usually cut back ever since I started writing just because, you know, alcohol and writing. I, I'm not sure if... If they actually help each enhance uh, each other when mixed uh, together, but it certainly um, doesn't help with the spell check. Right, that's for sure. It could improve <laughs> it if you're speaking another language. I haven't quite tested that theory, <laughs> but um, the thing of it is, is it was you know it was KC in Denver, and the first half was just so atrociously boring, and you have to get through the first half to get to Westworld, and I just I fell asleep. I I just I I I conked the. Uh, the fuck out and um and i don't know if you can hear that i'm getting spam messaged uh because i believe in not turning off stuff on my computer when i'm recording so that's good <laughs> um but yeah so before we get to the fun stuff jen will actually be joining us i don't know if i mentioned that um t-hole gets the week off just because he's been doing such a wonderful job with the rankings and the accuracy and everything lately that we decided to give him a little recharge for uh for the playoffs or at least the fantasy playoffs. So, but we will have Jen joining us for our Westworld discussion. But before we get there, uh, Matt, I wanna, 
I want to talk. This is sort of breaking news, I guess. Uh, as at least as breaking as we can talk about on a podcast, uh, a show that's recorded and then uh, consumed at a later time at someone's discretion. But I guess about a few hours ago, it was released that uh, the Gronk could be undergoing back surgery. I I don't know why it's could be why they can't confirm this, but since it's the Patriots and the Belichick led team, it could be just. Uh, a migraine headache that Gronk is suffering from and um although on the flip side if he is if he does undergo back surgery I would expect Bill Belichick to list him as questionable and likely to play and then you know not not do anything about it but what we we know uh Bennett's kind of banged up too he also has back issues um I had a couple questions today uh, directed at me, like, who benefits the most. Uh, names are being thrown out, like, Hogan, Mitchell. And in my head, I kind of feel like Dion Lewis gets the biggest benefit just because he he's a favorite of Brady. I mean, a lot of people forget because it was a season ago since we saw him in, in his form. But, I mean, he is basically Danny Woodhead, maybe a little bit better uh, for that Patriots team. But I feel like those um, easy passes or those, uh, you know, oh, shit moments – for Brady, uh, throwing to Gronk or to Bennett would just go to Deion Lewis, who would probably be, you know, in in, in the outlet or you know, a short yardage, whatever. But what what are your thoughts on this? Like, who, what are you doing about it? I know it's playoff time; the waivers are going to be kind of thin. But is wh- where do you see this going? Okay, there's three names that I like, and like you said, Deion Lewis. Um, I like James White to see an uptick in targets, maybe a little bit if. Um, if uh, Lewis is off of the field because, like you said, those oh shit moments are the easy routes. I do like Malcolm Mitchell too, though. He has emerged as a sort of trusted target for Tom Brady over the past few weeks. So I like the prospects for those three. Okay. Um. Yeah, I guess we're in total agreement. There isn't really much... Um much else to discuss about that I think- uh, and, and i mean if you're if you're not playing edelman on a regular basis i would definitely make sure you have edelman in your lineup because i know he hasn't had the best season that um he's had in the past but this could definitely uh be a, a big a big time for him especially going into the playoffs and you're like oh well stuck with edelman and well, you might not be in the playoffs if you did draft Edelman because, I mean, he hasn't had the greatest year. But I think I definitely think he will uh, emerge quite a bit, too. Right. I, I don't have it in front of me. I guess I could Google it, but I'm, I'm just going to go off memory. I did look at the Patriots' remaining uh, schedule, and it's pretty soft. I wouldn't be surprised if they won out. Um, I'm trying to think if they had anyone that was scary. I, I don't think so. Uh, maybe Denver, a- but... Or do they already play Denver? I, I Let's see. I'm pulling it up right. Yeah, you're making me pull it up too now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I while we're just to buy time while we're doing this, um, I did want to have a meta discussion on tight ends. Uh, I think I was thinking about it this season in particular, where quarterbacks. It never used to. Well, I guess it's hard to say black and white statement. I, it's some sort of great. I would say that it's been transitioning to where tight ends used to be pretty sought after. You know, you, you'd have your core of, you know, Gronk, uh, Jimmy Graham, and you'd have guys that you would probably draw, uh, you know, Greg Olson. This year, it was pretty much th- those three, not Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham was, was actually probably one of the biggest um, by, I mean, uh, 
uh, underrated guys going into the draft who, you know, you can't blame people for not drafting him. He wasn't even healthy. Uh, at the well, time uh, our, 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 our boy T-Hole had him at uh, number seven overall yeah. going into the season. So he's just crushing it this year. But that's blatant homerism. I, I once ranked Ryan Matthews like number 13 overall. And that, that, oh, jeez. That didn't, that didn't work out. So, um, here, like, I, I'm... I'm going to assume that next season is going to kind of reflect this season. I'm just going to try to convince people not to draft a tight end at all. Because, I mean, if you look at the top three, it was Gronk, uh, Olsen, and Jordan Reed. And all of them have disappointed. Not Gronk, but I mean, now that he's injured, you could say that he's disappointed people. I mean, not intentionally, obviously. But, um, I mean, Gronk has the face of non-disappointment, I have to be honest. But what, like, are you a big T.E.? A guy in the drafts i just i can't find a reason to go for it anymore you know no no i never take a tight end um uh, in the first 10 rounds uh my guy this year didn't it didn't uh work out but it was a uh, the guy in oakland i can't <laughs> his name slipped my mind um yeah i'm not it wasn't michael rivera but the other one uh Anyways, no, um, I ended up with Michael Rivera. Right. I ended up with him in a lot of leagues. I took Antonio Gates quite a bit, which ended up not working out. Um, and I ended up injured like so long this year. I don't, his hamstring is just, yeah. And I ended up with Jimmy Graham in a couple leagues. So I don't, I'm not against taking tight end, but I'm not taking one in the first 10 rounds. I mean, you can end up with a Cameron Brait, uh, week eight when he emerges or something like that i mean you can find tight ends who emerge on the waiver wire um i mean it goes to show you with gronk this year he's he's done nothing because of injuries and uh greg olson he hasn't quite been the same as he was last year but yeah i i would definitely draft a tight end <laughs> I'm, I'm just not i'm not spending a high round on one yeah i think or, you could make the argument for gronk in like a ppr but even then that's a first round pick for a position that you only need to fill one of so i mean my general argument for quarterbacks follows the same logic in that it's one position even though it's probably the highest scoring position in football you can only fill one spot and it's just math i mean you have 12 teams and you have 30 quarterbacks so obviously you're going to have a pool to draw from if you don't if it doesn't quite work out so um and just to, i did i did i did remember that guy's name is clive walford yeah walford and <laughs> the patriots schedule i was right the it was um they've got the ravens rams. yeah the rams the ravens and they do have the broncos the jets and the dolphins i see them not losing to any of those teams probably no i mean anything no. can happen but you know i just if if you're asking me right now so and i do like Let's see. They're going to I the Rams defense is falling apart a little bit. Um The Ravens are actually pretty solid against the pass. Yeah. Or, um let's And see, the Broncos, I I'd watch who you start against the Broncos, but if you make it to the championship and you have if you have Patriots, you're starting them all against the Jets. I mean, yeah, and the Dolphins. It's, you bring up a good point though. I I would probably would be wary of of depending on any Patriots at Denver. Um, I mean, I think Patriots can win that game, but the defense at Denver right. is pretty tough to deal with. I think KC is the only one who can find a little bit of success up there, which is it's kind of – I dig it as a Chargers fan just because, you know, we, we – Oh, much, yeah. So. I forgot you're a Chargers fan. We, yeah, uh, it's we easy play, to we play. <laughs> we, Our teams play this week, so that should be interesting. Do they, what are, 
What your team I'm in Tampa a, Bay? I'm, yeah. Yeah. I knew you're from Florida, but I wasn't sure which side. So um... I'm actually I'm I'm not from Florida. I'm from Iowa, but somehow oh, okay. I'm a Buccaneers. Yeah. I'm a, somehow I'm a Buccaneers fan. Right. As far as I know, Iowa doesn't really have a football team. So um... no, I I kind of get the pleasure of picking who I want. It's and hilarious I because um, <laughs> when you look at the NFL maps for the, I mean, how they decide, like, KC takes up, like, the entire Midwest besides what the, you know, like, the entire South, like, middle section of America. So I, I would imagine that Iowa gets KC feeds, but um, I don't even know why I'm, I'm going into that. Yeah, we, we can move on. But uh, my area is basically Bears because I'm right on the Illinois-Iowa border. Right, okay, okay, yeah. Um. Let's see, what else we got going on? We got Coach Mike McCarthy saying Ty Montgomery deserves more opportunities, quote-unquote. Yeah, I mean, you're the head coach, bro. You don't need to tell us that. Um. Not and, for very long. Yeah, he definitely wants to get Christine Michael more opportunities. Okay, so pick one, I guess. I don't know what... Um, this is why I don't like Mike McCarthy. I mean, obviously these pressers are kind of ridiculous. I mean, no one I don't think anyone can should treat them too seriously, but I actually think when coach McCarthy says this stuff, he believes it and it kind of hurts my head, <laughs> right? So Yeah, I I I have no interest in either of them. I kind of got yeah. my heart broken earlier this year with Ty Montgomery. I really thought he was I really thought we were going to be somebody, but it ended up not working out. So, uh, even if one or the other has a big week, I will not slot any of them in the playoffs and in my into my lineup. So, yeah, um, I, I, I don't know how you feel. No, I agree. I was on the I was on the tie hype train. Like, what was it popular? Like a month ago, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He had that one game where you know he had like seventy yards receiving and got running back eligibility. Right. Yeah. Much to the chagrin of Yahoo, they. I'd never seen such weirdness from Yahoo. Like they didn't want to give him multi-positional eligibility. Like for what? Like they're, it's like they were arguing semantics over a game based on a game. Like it just didn't make any sense <laughs> to me. Like ESPN is fine with it. They're just like, okay, yeah, he's a running back too. Like what? I just sometimes Yahoo, uh, kind of, you got stuff to handle, dog. It's all good. We're not uh, live. Yeah, I was just gonna say and. Uh... One thing, usually if you play fantasy baseball, they're so liberal about uh, right. positions and whatnot. You only need to have one start, or I'm sorry, five starts to get a position eligibility. But yeah, just give me one second. Of course. And we're back just in time because Jen just told me to call her. So we're going we're gonna to do this part live. I don't know why I went live now instead of just getting her on, on the phone, but whatever. It's all good. We just... This is like the most ghetto podcast ever, I think. Um, so let's see what. While we try to get her on the line, um, I, I did want to talk about Terrell Williams. I'm really, here. Whoa, hello, Jen. Hi. <laughs> hey, Jen. Hey. You guys are on speaking terms. I would have figured. No. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> this is this is the one podcast where I don't want to talk about politics. So we'll just we'll leave it as it was. I just want to get one joke in, a very innocuous joke. Okay, so um we just talked about Jen. I I actually was afraid that we wouldn't get you in on this, but I wanted your quick take on um Gronk uh possibly having surgery and being out until the Super Bowl. Um we were talking about what it does to Hogan, Mitchell, Deion Lewis, James White. Like who's the guy you think will benefit the most out of uh out of the Patriots uh, with Gronk going down? 
Well, I mean, yeah, I'm not too happy about that right now. And I think my tweet today pretty much says everything like, God you know damn what? you, Gronk. Yeah, let me go build like the smallest violin so I can play. Ugh, shut up. We <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? I mean, unfortunately, this, this is something that we've kind of uh, anticipated all season. Um, you know, it's 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 been one thing after another. So um, I, I think probably going forward, um, you know, I, I think as far as a tight end role goes, looking at Martellus, man, he's he's going to be the way to go. Um, I I don't even know, you know, I mean, we know how Belichick loves to just like cut people go that really, you know, don't have anything to offer anymore. And I hate to say that that Gronk may be, um, you know, not have a very long future in New England. Um, but there would, would be riots. Oh my God! I know. <laughs> well, you know I'll, I'll he's be. A, he's a Pittsburgh boy too, so you know we're uh, we're there. There are a few uh, diehards here in Pittsburgh that you know it's like, hey, he's from West Hills. So, um, but uh, yeah, it's like uh, I would say the tight end position is a lock at this point for Martellus, obviously. Um, but you know, throughout the season, I I've had to bench Gronk for you know the the long thing and the hammy and all that other stuff and I've actually benefited from um Hogan and uh James White and I actually own both of them um I think going forward um you know James White might be worth a look um he's definitely like I said produced for me quite a bit when Gronk has been kind of uh you know out this season so um that's kind of my take but goddamn you Gronk (laughs) yeah I I would say um your thoughts align with Matt, uh, by the way, but I, I would say I am not the biggest fan of the Patriots. I, I enjoy making fun of them. I, I don't think I hate them too much. Um, I think Ralph, uh, our baseball writer, prospect writer, he, he gives me a little grief on like some loss the Chargers had like 10 years ago when I was a kid. But um, <laughs> like he was talking talking shit about a game that I barely remember. And I was like, oh, let me, re- I don't know. It, it's kind of funny how he, he kind of held, held on to that. Um, like Patriots fans actually worry about what the Chargers are doing uh, nightly, uh, but I, I would say that despite some of their uh, player personalities that I dislike with the passion, I, I I'm not a huge fan of Brady. I think uh, I think it's because I'm not a huge fan of Uggs and they're kind of synonymous. But um, Gronk, I think, is a national treasure. I've always enjoyed his personality. I love the way he plays. Um, Danny Woodhead, the dude's like human sandpaper. There's so much grit there. Um, that also could be biased because he's a Charger uh, now. Well, at least when he's healthy. And, um, he, you know, Marshawn Lynch was, I mean, he wasn't born with the Patriots, but he came from the Patriots. And his character is uh, unquestionably awesome. I think the NFL misses uh, someone like that this year. But um, that was my olive branch uh, to you, Jen, about the about the Patriots. Uh, let's see what else football stuff we got going. Let's see here. We have um, ESPN, uh, Jim Trotter, who I don't know how I feel about Jim Trotter. I, I think he hit and miss, uh, but he is stating that the Chargers and Raiders are going to announce in January their plans to relocate the Chargers to LA, Raiders to Las Vegas. I'm not surprised with the Chargers moving to LA. Um, the, the public rejected the stadium proposal uh, resoundly, uh, which is fine. I really... Honestly, if a city wants to reject a billionaire asking for money to build a stadium, I'm totally fine with it. I just wish cities before that did it did it too. But um, it's interesting. The Raiders to Vegas, I 
I'm no expert. I I don't know much about. I'm not an insider, obviously. But I feel like that's kind of a ruse. I actually think the Raiders are going to use this opportunity as soon as Chargers make their plans to LA known. Raiders are just going to swoop into San Diego. I think they're going to go to San Diego. So I don't. How do you guys feel about that? Could you guys? That's like Game of Thrones type shit right there. You think that could happen? Oh my god! Like you don't know the Raiders fan base in San Diego. Like if if let's be honest, the Chargers fan base is kind of you know they're busy surfing. They're they're not really you know we're kind of fickle. At least they. I guess I'm sort of fickle too. I just, you know, it's hard to get emotional over a team that, that's kind of been lacking in things. But, you know, the Raiders fan base, not just in San Diego, but in like South LA is big. And, you know, when you say South LA, it's still pretty far away. But, you know, it's not like South LA is technically in the Chargers market too. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. the Raiders could like double dip. You know what I mean? They'd get, they'd get the Los Angeles uh, crowd because – I mean, I don't know if you guys have been to Los Angeles recently. I'm guessing no. Uh, but when I lived there, it was Raider country, uh, essentially, even when they were in Oakland. So um, it'll be interesting. They could make a preemptive move to try to get into L.A., but I don't think that was part of the uh, the rider that um, Spanos did with the St. Louis owner uh, at the owner's meeting. But it's just a whole bunch of mumbo-jumbo. But that was just um, – I really don't want to talk about the Chargers anymore, honestly. Um – I don't know. You guys, how's playoffs going for you? You guys in any playoffs this year? Fantasy football? Uh, yeah. Four, four out of six. Okay, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, so. I'm three I'm three out of six. Okay. So. Yeah, I think I'm like two out of 14 or some shit. So, well, yeah. in, <laughs> right. in, our, uh, in our writer's league, I think I have to win this week, and then it should be if I win, it'd be four out of six, I yeah, think. Let's, let's talk a little bit. I, we haven't really talked about the Riders League on the pod. I feel like I keep on forgetting to... I'm not sure if it's something that people are interested in, but it does provide drama, maybe? I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't, what, are the, <laughs> what are the standings? Let's see. We got... Okay, so we got... Is that Zach in first? That that can't be here. That can't be right. I think that's Zach in first. Um, we got Malamoney in second. Who's the truth hurts? Is that that's Alex? That's right. He's our deep league rider. So he's in third. I'm in fourth. We got you, Jen, in fifth. We got uh, Mike Mayer uh, in sixth. We got is that Matt Hayes? Yeah, we got Hayes, our waiver wire dude in seventh. And yeah, that's right, Matt. You're like right on the edge. Like you, <laughs> who's your matchup? You're like right on the. Oh, you're going against Matt Hayes. Okay. Dude, you better do something, man. He's projected to win. Yeah, I gotta hit the. I gotta hit. I haven't set that lineup yet. I gotta hit the waiver wire and figure figure my stuff out. But I figured I didn't have anyone that I was really interested in tonight, so I could just worry about my stuff that I had going on tonight. Like I have to start Bradford in the league because Bortles has a terrible matchup, and it's like I'm talking about Bortles because uh, I hate that I drafted him, but. He... <laughs> <laughs> as you should honestly. the shame yeah. the shame <laughs> but i'm still gonna make the playoffs in a couple leagues that i draft him in so. good what a garbage team <laughs> that jags like what are they oh gonna, my god right? <laughs> they've had potential for like i think t-hole and i years. right like three years ago t-hole and i were talking about them i think like, we were talking about Tampa Bay this year, how they could sneak in the playoffs, which is possible still, I think, for the Bucks. Oh, don't get me excited. Uh, yeah, I'm not trying to, but... Um, I mean, look at the rest of the season schedule. Uh, I, I don't know if you have it in front brutal. of you, but 
Yeah, it's brutal, but I oh, think... I, I I know I know it by memory. It's San Diego, right. then uh, New Orleans, Dallas, New Orleans, uh, Carolina. But do you... oh, let's talk about this uh, because Winston has been a big topic in in at least my comment section. So let let's talk about him. A lot of people are looking to him to solidify their playoff roster, and I, I want to go straight to the source, Matt, since uh, you know the dude. Uh, hopefully you don't get too close because yeah, he's been known to grab people the wrong way. But um, like someone we know. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we almost went down the slippery slope. Um, okay. so, just wait till the end. Right. Um, so Winston against New Orleans twice. To me, that seems like. Oh, that's sexy. Right. Like you have to start him or at least try it. He's like one of the I feel like he's because true he he goes against uh what was it it's against dallas and um what was that other team i think it was uh another uh, carolina yeah the panthers and it wasn't but that's da- week 17 that's not like really right. relevant right. uh so, dallas dallas doesn't have a pass rush right they're just kind of solid all around um i don't know you gotta love those matchups right like there's no question oh i, I love New them Orleans. all yeah yeah yeah, I, I love them all. Plus, uh, just watching Jameis recently, he's been handling um, the pass rush very well. Um, he's He had a stupid interception this past week uh, against Seattle. But other than that, he's controlling the game. He's putting up touchdowns, which is good for fantasy. But just outside of fantasy, he's just become a very good quarterback, in my opinion. I mean, he's been getting the Eli Manning comparison a lot. Like, you never know what you're going to get with him. But over the past three weeks, I I think he's kind of been uh, slowly sliding away from that. Yeah, um, it's funny because his interceptions are kind of a weekly thing for him, um, at least one or two. But, I mean, he gets like three touchdowns or two touchdowns to make up for it. But, um, you know, I'm sort of wary about his matchup against the Chargers just because uh, Ingram, Hayward, and Bosa have been like like just on fire. Like especially Bosa. I think there is a stat. Oh, he's he's impossible to block. Right. I guess – I guess if you don't throw an offensive lineman at him, like some teams have been doing recently, I've seen him just bust through line of scrimmage without anyone even touching him. Yeah, the dude's but, a beast. Uh, I'm sure glad our owner poisoned that well. So, um, what is? I have a thing against these owners, especially mine. Um, but we don't have to get into that. That's like a whole other uh, <laughs> meta conversation. I'm sorry, Jen. I don't. We already talked about the Patriots, so I have nothing to kind of throw at you. So, I don't know, do, you, do you have anything that you want to talk about playoffs-wise before we uh, before we kind of move on? I do know. Do you want to vent a little about Kaepernick again? Because he's kind of a popular pick nowadays. Um, no, I, I, I think I got that all out. Yeah, I got that all out in my article yeah. this week. So it's funny. You, you, I, actually, I just... you got some hate mail from that, by the way, that I had to uh, filter. Oh, so, really? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think they took it the wrong way. I See, here's the problem. Like, I'm not going to talk about politics, but I'll say it this way. Like, with Kaepernick, I think I think it's complicated, his issue. And there's a lot to like about, you know, let, let's let's say you're a liberal and you're progressive. You're definitely defending him. And if you're uh, conservative, I mean, not definitely. I'm just, I'm just setting an example. And if you're a conservative, Republican, like, you don't like the way he's handling it. But I would say that, you know, it's a lot more. I don't know. Uh, what what am I trying to say? Let's like. I think I said this uh, a month ago, in that I really respect 
what he's doing, but I wish he was more aware of why he was doing it. He seems to be kind of a an idiot, I guess. Uh, exactly. Um, this dude, this dude doesn't even vote, and he's wearing Fidel Castro shirts, and right. Fidel Castro was a complete racist. So yeah. I, I just don't yeah. understand what the, there, there needs to be a better. Sorry, yeah, there needs to be a better. I, I think the point that I was trying to make too is like it's uh, the message. The message is relevant. The message is important, but the way he's going about doing it, and um, you know, little other stupid shits that's involved with the things that, like the way that he's trying to deliver the message, it, it's just it, it doesn't make sense. It's very incongruent for me. Um, so, I mean, as far as the message, you're like, yeah, I totally get the message. I totally support the message. Um, I'm a Buddhist for crying out loud. <laughs> so like, I, you know, like I, I, I get it. It's just that there are more important and other relevant ways for that kind of message to be conveyed. Um, and especially being on the platform that he's on, you know, I mean, you're, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, a famous NFL player, um, you know, get involved, do something, you know, do it in a positive way. Like, it just seems to me like he's doing the very bare minimum and calling it a stance. And um, I, I think that a lot of the message is getting lost in how he's trying to do it. And that, that's, yeah, yeah, that's my beef with it. Well, I just want to say that was excellent usage of incongruent. This is why I enjoy having you as a writer for the site. And the <laughs> fact that you mentioned you're a Buddhist in there is just like a whole completely awesome conversation. I... <laughs> I'm glad that we can all bond on this because I know we all kind of have different views on things. I would just say, just to echo what you said, Jen, I find it really disappointing that he would create this wonderful platform of free speech and action, uh, you know, trying to uh, organize people to recognize something you believe in. And the minute that you have a chance to take your protest, to take what you believe in and create action with it, you fucking don't vote. I mean, it's just... Exactly. It's incredible to me. And I I would say this... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I'm sorry. Therein lies the incongruency. Like, the the minute that you have an opportunity to do something, as small as one vote may be, it's one vote. You know, it's it's still... He's not doing anything to back up the message. It's just like, well, I'm going to send this message by kneeling for the national anthem, and that's all I'm going to do. It's about participating in the process. Exactly. Amen. Exactly. Man. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, I don't care who you vote for. I just want people to vote, honestly, because, um, yeah, I mean, it's just voting is important. I think I had a tweet today. It was just in an – it was down the middle tweet. It was just I feel like – Every single day I read the news and I read people's uh, views on it. They, they, It really feels like I'm in a sports forum sometimes, you know, like Team A versus Team B. And it really – I think politics should be more than that. And unfortunately, I think we're going in the wrong direction. But let's – we're, we're going to – I just – I think Kaepernick's being lazy and he's being disingenuous yeah. by doing this. And while I love the fact that he's doing it, I wish – he would actually read something or learn something and educate himself since he has a responsibility. The minute he kneels in front of an anthem and someone asks him why, he has a responsibility to be as forthright and to be as knowledgeable on his own issues that he supposedly supports. So, And and if he's not, then he's actually damaging uh, whatever he's supporting. So anyhow, um, 
That I I almost forgot. I should plug our sponsor, um, SeatGeek.com. If you guys go there, you get a twenty dollar discount with the code RazNFL. R A Z Z N F L. SeatGeek is like Ticketmaster but better. They don't give you any hidden charges and. Uh, well, I think that's one of the main points. They also do all kinds of events and stuff, but um, just the whole secret charges thing kind of bothers me. Um, but yeah, so uh, with that being said, let's turn to Westworld, guys, because this is the f- this is really fun. I'm really excited about this. Uh, <laughs> I you guys know it because I I've been trying to schedule this pod like all week just because I wanted to talk about it with you guys. I know, Jen, you were late to the episode that we're going to talk about, and I was late. And if anyone's listening right now, if you haven't watched the show. Turn this podcast off. I mean, leave it in your browser and and refresh it a couple times so it gets some extra hits. But go watch the show. Um, man, I don't know where to start. There's so much to talk about. I think when we last talked, guys, was it was it after the first episode or second episode? It's it's been a while, right? It's, it's been a yeah, while. It's been a while. Okay, so boy, how much the show has grown. I. I think when we were talking about it a while ago, we kind of had this grandiose um, expectation, and it's not like the show has disappointed us. In fact, it's really – at least I've enjoyed the ride so far, but they've they've begun to focus. They've turned inward instead of going outward, I think, with a lot of, a lot of their story, and I just – I love the detail. I love uh, just the, the storytelling methods, and I think – what I want to talk about first with you guys, I wanted to ask you guys, when were you aware that it was separate timelines? Because I know this is a big deal because it was revealed. It basically slapped me in the face uh, this last episode that there are separate timelines. I I understood the fact that it was a possibility and you could see hints of it um, just basically because um, Dolores' character's clothing changes like at, at enormous rates, not not possible. And the fact that some people don't have scenes with other people, like William and the Men in Black and so forth. I mean, it's a big park, but... Like, did you... Did you guys know how many timelines there were... I mean, not timelines. I guess, like, how many... Well, I guess it would be timelines. Um, in the sense of, we're, we're seeing different parts of time in the park. Like, were you guys aware of this earlier? Did it sneak up on you? Like, what, what, oh, what was you guys uh, feeling? Most definitely was aware of it. Uh, probably about three weeks ago. Uh, there have been, there definitely, I was sure of it about three weeks ago. There's definitely been uh, some, it's been in Reddit since like episode two right. that people, but right the specific moment that I figured it out was um, when Jimmy uh, first arrived to the park and he had kind of like his first adventure thing and uh, he got shot, but it kind of injured him a little bit as to where, when you saw in the first episode, when the man in black got shot, it did absolutely nothing to him. That's when I knew that it was different, different timelines. That was a dead giveaway to me. Yeah, because that they they made improvements in the park or made changes to the rules or whatnot, so it that was pretty much it for me. Yeah, I think what I might do is I might link, sorry, Jen, I know you want to jump in, but really quick, I I think I'm gonna link. I I found a picture of the unofficial timeline for Westworld. That way, if people who who don't know exactly what we're talking about, I'm, I think I'm just gonna link it into the podcast uh, post, so that way people can look. Because I, I someone made like this really, you know, you mentioned Reddit. Someone made this cool timeline where. It goes back uh, 40 years in the past uh, in a picture, and it kind of describes to you 
where different plot points have landed on that timeline. So it's a great way of kind of organizing everything. But Jen, you did you what, what, what were you gonna jump in on? Yeah, uh, I think for me it was uh, Maeve was the one that tipped me off um, because I, I mean I was probably a little bit later on because I was still trying to. Um, you know, with the whole character development of everybody and trying to, you know, figure out whose place was where. But I think it was that episode when um, Ed Harris's Man in Black, um, he killed Maeve in her, like, when she had that flashback when he killed her and her daughter um, before Maeve was reassigned to be the madam. Um, because from episode one, we've always known her as the madam. So I was like, okay, so this had to have happened at some other point and then um I kind of lost it there for a minute but then when the picture um if you remember like a couple of episodes ago when Dolores's dad broke because <laughs> he saw that picture yeah. and it didn't you know and he like went all crazy and he broke um I think recently they showed that that picture um was of Logan's uh sister um and it was that same picture so right. th- at that point like any suspicions that I had of like I think these are different timelines um, that solidified it for me because um, there was a lot of foreshadowing and a lot of like a lot of plot involved with that one picture um, because of what happened with Dolores's father and then all of the events that happened after that. So um, I think for me at that point, like the the thing with Maeve and her daughter and the man in black killing them, um, I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't really make any sense i bet this happened at a different time but then again it it made more sense to me um when it was the same picture and it was logan's um it was a newer like the newer episode had a newer picture than older episodes when dolores's dad found it um so i was like okay got it now separate timelines so are we are we all in agreement that uh the man in black is jimmy which one uh, you're talking about okay, Jimmy. William. Sorry, I yeah, keep William. saying Jimmy. <laughs> well, okay. I, anytime I've said Jimmy in the past, I meant William. I think Jimmy might be like his real name or something like that. But so I'm glad you brought yes, it up. Yes, William. Um, before we get to that uh, topic, really quick, I wanted to give um, proper credit to Jen. Um, she called the um, uh, Bernard uh, being a host. I I really whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah, yeah I actually thought it was you Matt I you may have agreed Did did I, you I go agree. back did you go back and listen I may have to go back and listen. Yeah, we may have to go back and listen. I feel like I think both me and Jen right. agreed yeah. on it. Yeah, I think I mentioned it and I think Matt was on board with me like we yeah. both yeah, like we both at the same time cuz I was just like I don't know, that would be like the ultimate plot twist but just his affect in the and I remember talking about his interaction with Anthony Hopkins. Mm-hmm. It yes. wasn't it wasn't typical. And yeah. um And we both thought his whole relationship with his son was a uh a built-in memory. memory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So and by the way, I just I love the conversation about how the hosts need sort of like an anchor to their personality. I, I just love that kind of I'm sure you dig it too, Jen, as as a psychology uh buff or um but I I would say I was really convinced about, you know, the son and the mother. I think the conversation with the mother, I took it too literal, uh, which is why I was just like, uh, I think he's human, you know. Um but let's talk about William and the men in black. Um you know, th- this has been something that's been floated on Reddit I, since since the since both characters were introduced. Um, I think it's quite possible. I mean, let me ask you this, Matt. 
uh, let me ask this both of you. Let me let me reverse the question a little bit. What are the chances that Logan, uh, his brother, I was thinking that black? earlier yeah, today. Yeah, because he's worn uh, black the whole entire time, and he's so like bloodthirsty. Mm-hmm. Like I think he's just you're, I think killing you're be people. Right. Yeah, you might be right on that. Uh, yeah, and uh, that would be some story about um, about William and everything. And ooh, this this could be a crazy week. <laughs> I I mean, I was thinking about it this way, like, I think the obvious answer is, of course, William is the man in black, Uh, but when you think about it, like, William is already convinced that this place is different, Dolores is different, all this stuff, so I think, if you look at it from a narrative standpoint, like, what if something happens there to William that convinces Logan to go on this journey as the man in black, you know, to to kind of discover, like, because he's the skeptic. You know, so what causes 30 years of him trying to hunt this stuff down, you know, and uh, I, this is all, uh, you know, who knows, um, this, this is sort of why I, I'm not subscribed to the Westworld Reddit a sub just because I feel like the last, especially with the last season of Game of Thrones, I felt like it really took away from the show because there was some outlandish shit that was, yeah. uh, cons- you know, theorized. And I was just like, oh, that's fun to think about. And then I watched the show and be like, wow, that was that, 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 was, not that was wrong. wrong. Right. That was, that was <laughs> like they had Sario coming back from season one because they saw a shadow <laughs> on the wall. And I actually, I remember because I sent a picture of it to T-Hole. And I'm like, what do you think, bro? Do you think this is real? I think it's real. And T-Hole is like, <laughs> you know, he's a big Game of Thrones guy too. He's read the books and everything. He's, he he um, emailed me. He's like, yeah, bro, this is really cool. I wonder what's going to happen. And then it was nothing. And it was just like, well, dude, I feel fucking stupid. That's what, you know, that was our conversation. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Um, Matt, you, you, you threw it out there, the, the William Men in Black. Let, let's talk about that just a little bit more. Like what, um, I don't know how to, how, how to go about it interestingly. Like what can we say? That, like, what what do you think causes him, you know, like, we know that he didn't, you know, in the first episode, we all assumed the Men in Black was the prototypical evil guy. We thought he, you know, he raped uh, Dolores violently, but that wasn't the case at all. He was, at least from the story, he was trying to cause a traumatic moment to get to something, which is, I guess, sort of how these hosts, you know, they need to go through trauma to awaken their sentience, uh, I guess, in a way. Uh, is that your guys' understanding as well? That's what it seems like. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I don't know that I'm so, um, so much subscribed to William being um, the man in black as much as Logan. Um, because, number one, it's pretty obvious he's been wearing black the entire time. And remember when they first got to Westworld, they made like he made a big deal about what color he was wearing as opposed to what color William's clothes were. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I mean, what we know about Logan is that, you know, that William was supposed to he's engaged to Logan's sister. Um, but from the conversations that they've had, it seems like Logan is this high up executive in their father's company or whatever. Um, and what we found out in this last episode was the man in black is, was talking to one of the board members. So obviously there, there was an executive, you know, um, there was a high up sort of, uh, role that, that he played. So I'm kind of like leaning towards not so much William being the man in black, but Logan, um, cause I think there have been like little subtle hints. Um, but if it does end up being William, then, then some shit really needs to go down for him to turn, 
um, and, and do basically a complete 180 with his his view. So I don't know if something maybe happens with Dolores that just sours him in some way and, and you know, I'll never love again or whatever. Um, and, and that's why the man in black t- seems to, you know, uh, take a shine to any opportunity that he has to kind of grab on to Dolores. He can, I don't know. Um, but I, I just, I don't know. I'm really thinking that it, that it might be Logan. I think that there was just some, some subtle little, little things that were kind of tossed out that make more sense for him to be, um, in that role. All right. I'm, oh, I'm sorry, Matt. Were you going to say something? I, uh, I think I am on the Logan train now that we've talked about it quite a bit. Um, but I mean, yeah, there are so the, many trains, though, I mean, to, to ride, so it's <laughs> kind of hard, right? <laughs> yeah, the, the key, though, to whoever it is, is their relationship with Dolores, um, right. based based on just the reaction that she has when she sees him and whatnot. Well, basically, whenever he sees him, it's going to be traumatic for her. But yeah, if it was William, it definitely there definitely had to be a souring of the relationship or uh and if it is Logan uh maybe his uh his beef with Dolores could have something to do with something she did to William so uh maybe maybe he ran off with her or something and never came out of the west world to marry his sister or whatnot I don't know Ooh, I'm yeah. just throwing just throwing well, stuff out and there. then again she's already allegedly or alluded to the fact that she killed Arnold so maybe you know maybe William is in there somewhere too I have no yeah, idea yeah yeah Okay, um, let's, but um, I, yeah, I think that makes sense. Before we get to to the bigger picture, which we're sort of kind of tiptoeing to by talking about it, I did want to mention, you know, Jen. I'm glad you brought up um, uh, Tessa Thompson's character, uh, Char- Charlotte. I think you know the the board member who is, was a new addition the last few episodes. Um, the robot banger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if guys are gonna do it, hey. If guys do it, hey, she's she's a progressive woman, woman, man. Hey, you don't need to be progressive to to fuck a thing, you know. Like, uh, there are plenty of guys having fun. I'm like, hey, uh, the ladies should too. But um, there's a not... machine in my nightstand drawer right now. Right. Well, there you go. No, I mean, I would say this machine, her machine, not not yours, yet. Her machine oh. you know, has. She picked the right one. I mean, he's got the foreign accent, right? He's got he's got the. I mean. Then he knew bad attitude, right? He's got the bad mm-hmm. boy attitude, right? She she shows wisely, but I, I do want to talk about because I get, you know, the the show portrays her as really overconfident, really intelligent, really quick, like she's in control. And I feel like when narratives show someone in control, they're really not. Like I feel like she's playing too fast and too loose. We all know Anthony Hopkins' character now. I think, uh, by the way, we we can all agree what a, he he deserves some kind of uh, award if only like if I can print out a certificate for him if he doesn't win anything. But I, I would say, you know, from the beginning of the show, he was like, oh, you know, this is this is kind of cool. He's like a fatherly figure. You, you know, he's kind of it's kind of a nappy role for him. So I could see where this goes. And then suddenly he's like, oh shit, you know, we're back to um, twenty years ago, and he's he's you know you're, you're the best bad guy out there. But um. What do you guys think happens to Charlotte? She loses, right? Whatever she oh, does, she loses. I don't think Anthony Hopkins is going to lose. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Although I would say HBO sometimes, you know, just going by the Game of Thrones logic. Yeah, the whole Ned Stark thing. Like I'm still right. like I don't judge. Like I I can't. 
you know, speculate anything because my whole world was upset when Ned Stark died in, like, episode four. I'm like, what's going on? Like, I was I mean, questioning my whole existence at that point. For, for TV series like this, it just makes sense to anchor a show with sort of, you know, these, these are well-known actors and actresses, but you get the one star to kind of anchor the cast, and then you, you know, get rid of them to grow the other um, characters. Now, the story of Game of Thrones, there wasn't, you know, it's not like they wrote that for the show. It was already right. preset, but... Here, I think they could just... I mean, this seems like a really important show at this moment, just to speak in a metal way. Like, if Anthony Hopkins stuck with this show, uh, either multiple seasons to the end, I think it would be well-respected uh, performance by him. But let's, let's talk about where we, where we go from here, because the finale is coming up, and we are, of course, running out of time, because the it, time flies when you're ha- talking about um, Westworld. Um... What's at the end of the maze? Uh, Arnold's tomb? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I have Wouldn't no it be idea. interesting, though? I, I like that you brought that up, because what if we think of it as a figurative tomb? Like, what if it's the last step to sentience for these hosts? Wouldn't that be something? Mm. Like yeah. it's the one piece of code or something that gives them full control and full Like full autonomy? Yeah. Like full autonomy and full consciousness? I guess huh. the question would be, like, why didn't he give it to him from the start? Or maybe it's something that they have to go their own journey on, you know? Because we know this group of hosts, you know, uh, James Marsden's character and Thandie Newton's character, they all are special because they were Arnold's first-generation uh, creations who presumably only have the ability are the only ones who have the ability to gain uh, full-on uh, sentience. Uh, I don't... It, I only say that because it was... Matt, it was great, man, because that was your first, like, gut-shot reaction. And so if we if we kind of extrapolate it, you know, let's say... Because I'm just thinking on the fly now, you know, ev- whenever men, the Man in Black has gone on the maze, everyone tells him, it's not for you. It's not for you. So what if we take that in the literal sense? Like... This has mm. nothing to do with you, man. Like, you know, you can't mm. manage this. I don't know. It's just interesting that... Um... I don't... I'm not necessarily sure if we're going to get to the maze this season. Like, You're right. It might be... Really season, get to yeah. it. And and to be fair, if we, if we go back to what we discussed about the Game of Thrones, um, we'll call it the Game of Thrones map, is that, you know, the big... The big reveal episode was the one we just watched, and then the last episode will kind of tie together for us to the. We'll bridge this season to the next one and have a yeah. couple big plot points. So you know, it, I would like to talk about, you know, the story of um, James Marsden's character. I don't know why I keep on forgetting. Yeah, Teddy. Um, Teddy's. You know, the story keeps on talking about. Um, you know, with the general. Uh, shooting up the town. We now know the town is where Arnold was training the special group of hosts to become sentient. It had the church, you know, the church staple uh, place, and something wrong happened. You know, if we go by Reddit, um, I, it can't be just Reddit. I'm sure it's a lot of other communities, but they're thinking that Dolores is symbolically uh, the general, and she kills everyone. Uh, she goes haywire, basically, including Arnold during that. Um, what's your guys' take on that? Like, do you, do you would you agree that this is probably where it's going to go on that side? Go ahead, Matt. No, you go. You go for it first. I'll kind of. <laughs> Actually, I missed the I, question. I, I'm, I'm really, I was... 
It's okay. I do the tea all. I was multitasking. My kid came in the room. My kid came in the room. I have a cat staring at me. (laughs) Gray Gray underhand underhand compliments me all the time on the baseball podcast when I fill in for JV. He always says that I ask a question by answering it. Uh, and so it kind of leaves him to not like listen anymore. So it's it's kind of my own fault. It's uh, uh, I should probably change uh, my programming, which is a lame attempt at a joke. Um, that's a really bad <laughs> that was pretty good. Actually. Yeah, let's that's just skip that good, one. Actually. Yeah. Um, okay, so it was definitely thematic uh, with what we're going with. I I don't know. What do you? Okay, so let let's keep it open ended. Let's keep it in a sandbox. Like what? We already talked about like what's at the end of the maze, but what what do you let's let's talk the last episode finale just uh, before we wrap up. Like what what do you guys want to see happen? What, what do you think will happen? Like just give me your thoughts, uh, your own thoughts on on the finale. What you're looking forward to? I don't think Bernard's dead. I hope not because I love Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't I don't think he shot himself. I think the it will play into kind of the whole narrative that uh there that the that the hosts have kind of sort of outgrown their narrative or can actually make their own decisions to a certain extent. And maybe I think he might've just been playing, playing Anthony Hopkins uh, recently by kind of whenever Anthony Hopkins gives him a command, he, he does it just kind of playing him a little bit. And I, I don't think he shot himself. I think he ended up shooting the girl. I'm not afraid yeah. to admit or, that I, I slightly teared up, slightly, I want to clarify, slightly teared up when um, Bernard's character, uh, I mean not character, that Jeffrey Wright's character, Bernard, um, spoke to Anthony Hopkins and called him Robert. And, and I mean the way he was inflecting it, it sort of made me think, oh, that was how Ar- – that was Arnold speaking um, yeah. you know, to his old friend. I was, I was like – I was like, oh my god, that was such – that was so good. You know, uh, just the acting and the environment. I don't know. This – this show is difficult for me sometimes because, like every other HBO show I watch, which is like Game of Thrones, I guess, um, I have to drink. I guess it was Boardwalk Empire 2. Um, Sundays I have to, I, Yeah, I just enjoy drinking <laughs> during the show just because, like, Game of Thrones became a habit because, you know, people were dying left and right season three through five that I didn't really, like, I was kind of hate watching the show. Like, um, you know, I think, I don't, do you guys ever watch Battlestar Galactica? No. 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 Okay. So I no. I think the tradition started with that show. So everyone who watched the show will understand why. But you you guys just really quick, they literally drink every fucking episode. They just they're in a shit situation. It's a depressing show, and they they have the only thing they have plentiful of not energy, not you know lasers or bullets or everything. They're running out of shit. They have fucking. 20 bottles of bourbon in their quarters and they're just <laughs> they are like chain drinking the entire just boozing show. it up <laughs> right and did, did, you, did you ever it, watch mad men no i, I never watched oh. that series actually yeah oh yeah is it the same thing out. oh it's it's not Battlestar galactica like it's right. it's on earth or whatever but uh yeah it's basically the 1960s and just uh drinking a lot of scotch and chain smoking cigarettes okay and and uh, being you know, sad right and also you know uh Taking women's women's rights back to that time too, which I'm sure Jen would love. Um, Don't get me started. You didn't enjoy it it as a tie. Oh yeah, I mean it's a satire, so um, yeah, it's probably not satire. It's probably it's of course. uh, Oh, there's some satire in it. Um, It's funny because I've been watching old classic Star Trek episodes um, again because I kind of like to go back and rewatch stuff I love. Um, It's kind of a 
but it's just funny the kind of sexism in that show even though the show is so progressive for its time it's it's kind of funny um like i i remember because there's a just the episode I watched yesterday, I think Spock made fun of a woman because they're known for having too much emotion or something. I was just like, holy fuck, you're going to go there now? <laughs> um, they call them like simple creatures that are relied on impulse and emotion. I was like, holy fuck, man. That's 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 savage. Um, hey, man. Okay. Women be shopping. Yeah. Hey, okay. All right uh, now. When they should be cooking. <laughs> when they should be cooking. Let's, let's be real. Um, You're talking to an Italian woman over here, so watch yourself. <laughs> okay. So let, let's let's talk about really quick. I know I want to end the show, but I really want to get your guys' opinions on this because I love talking in the show with you guys. Like, who is your favorite? I know this is going to be hard, guys, but you got to pick one. There's been so many great performances. Like, who is your favorite performance so far? And again, I know this is hard. I think for me, hands down, it's Maeve. I absolutely love, I love Sandy Newton, first Mm -hmm. of all. Um, But I love her character because um, she's such a strong character. I mean, she's gone from um, being this madam who was basically an object to be used to now she's like mega, you know, intelligent. And uh, I think she's going to like, you know, start some like host uprising, um, and, and kind of be a leader um, to, to do for like a host uprising against like humans, you know, like she's going to be the one that, that kind of orchestrates that whole thing. But I just, I, she's a strong character. I love her. I love that they didn't just leave her, you know, as a hooker <laughs> that, um, that she has a significant role that, you know, that she's basically commanding, you know, make me smarter, make me stronger, make me this, make me that. And, and she's able to get people to do that. Um, like people who know better and shouldn't be doing that. Like she's convincing them. Like she has that, like that Asian scientist guy, like totally wrapped around her finger. It's amazing. Um, but I, I think hands down, I mean, I like Bernarnold. I think I hashtagged him Bernarnold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Good call. <laughs> but uh no i i think you know just when you asked that question first thing that popped into my head was Maeve. i i i love i love her strength it's amazing yeah but, yeah i oh sorry oh no before you jump in i just want to say i i really appreciate that the writing and hbo um even with game of thrones i know we we draw parallels but it's because it's off air and you know these this is been amazing series so far um the strong female characters emerging from both series are just so fantastic like you know you talk about thanny newton also you know you you could easily say the main characters even rachel wood's character you know dolores and i think that's great um you have the strong uh ceo character you had the love interest of jeffrey wright holding power um i like the trend it's good um matt yes i had said mave when we talked about the first time uh mm-hmm. Basically, for the reasons that Jen had said, um, I believe Jen said Bernard last time. Mm-hmm. With, um, so I think we're kind. It's just kind of stayed the same. Like those two have had the most strong performances. But if I'm going to step outside, kind of like the main character box a little bit, I would definitely say the two scientists that Maeve interacts with on a regular basis. <laughs> they they make for some good comic relief. They're very good at their job when they have the scene. Um, uh, it brings a smile to my face every time that um, they're under her kind of control. So uh, those two definitely are a great part of the show for me. It's kind of... Yeah, kinda I take... like... Oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. 
No, it just kind of takes away from the overall serious kind of theme of the show that everything is kind of going from this point to this point to this point where it just kind of steps aside and you're just like, oh, uh, this is kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like how the one is always saying, basically saying to the other one, like, what did you do? You're not like, don't play with that bird. Did you steal that bird? It's like dumb and (laughs) dumber. Like, right, what are though. you doing? You're not supposed to do that. You're going to get us in trouble. Like, it's like two brothers. It's like, it's my brother and I when we were little. It's like, don't do that. We're going to get in trouble. And yeah, then the Asian, the Asian dude's just like walking her around the, the complex. Like, <laughs> you're going to get fired. Like, you can't just do that. Like, everyone yeah, knows, everyone so, knows who Maeve is. I know. It's so obvious that that guy does not care about keeping his job whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, Thandy walks into a room. I'm I'm listening to whatever she she wants uh, to say to me. Um, hopefully, it's only good things. But as we can see, uh, you know, the world building that they do with those two characters, I like too because they kind of show you parts of the park that you wouldn't see normally with the main characters. You know, kind of like the the everyday minutia of regular employees, I guess, which is kind of fun. Um, you know, I, one thing I realized. This is, I swear to God, we're going to end soon. But, Jen, I I'd never, we never got to what you want in the last episode, if I remember correctly. We, we got mad. No, we didn't. That's yeah. So is there anything that you're looking for or expecting or, you know, just any kind of feelings you have? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I agree with you guys. I don't think that Bernard is dead because it was so out of focus and so off that he could have very easily, you know, just pointed the gun behind him. Um, and made it sound, and, and Anthony Hopkins was just like walking away. Like he didn't confirm <laughs> that anything happened. So um, I'm kind of hoping for that because I do love that character. Um, but I am. I'm just really... going to interrupt you for one second. Um, sure. <laughs> since we, we were talking about Bernard possibly not being dead, it would be oh, a I thought, waste. I thought he was going to say, uh, because we we're talking about Mad Men and I feel like interrupting one. No. Minute, so. oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that too. But um, I think it would be a real. It'd be a, a real waste of some really good dialogue from Anthony Hopkins because that was just a great speech that he kind of gave to him when he uh, wanted him to turn the gun on himself, just kind of like with the betrayal that he felt and kind of like the sociopathic uh, kind of is dialogue even, that was going on. Is it even sociopathic? Like, I feel like Anthony Hopkins gave a brutal honesty of what humanity is. I yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, we will let you down. I mean, we're humans. We fuck up, you know? Um, yeah. I but don't if know. Anything, I just... If anything, I mean, with Bernard um, sort of trying to stand up to him and not, you know, like, and not do what he was told, um, he's showing that he has some level of that autonomy um, so I'm wondering, like, it, to me, there would be nothing better than, you know, Anthony Hopkins. I love him. I adore him. I think he's the, one of the most well-respected and just fantastic actors that has ever graced this planet. Um, but like his, his, the character is, he's becoming so smug and it's just like, I control everything and nothing happens without my say and yada, yada, yada. I just think that it would just be such poetic justice um, and it would give way to the host kind of uprising um, if Bernard really wasn't dead, because then it would show, hey, you know, you don't have control over us anymore. And it would kind of, 
you know, open the book for that sort of thing um, to happen. So, you know, I could be completely off base and I could be biased because I have watched the old movie and I know, you know, like um, this really doesn't parallel it that much. Um, so I could just be expecting some sort of host uprising and there may not be one, but I really hope there is one. And I hope that Bernard and Maeve are the ones leading the charge. That's uh, and that's my take. That's what I would love to see. OK, so I'm going to I'm going to give my I just thought of it. It just came to me. I don't know. Let me get I want This is why I want you guys to get your feelings before I head out. I feel like uh, Bernard um, is dead. He killed himself. But here's what I think happens in the last episode. Fanny Newton, the alpha dog. Uh, of the park, uh, pretty much. I think she revives Jeffrey Wright. And I think in my head, it would be poetic justice if she is the one to use uh, Bernard as a tool to kill Anthony Hopkins' character to take over the park. I could see Back that. Door code. Back door code. <laughs> yeah. But that would fit the narrative, right? To have Bernard, who's been killing Elise, who is sort of a crush of mine, you know, the, the crazy girl who likes you know, looking at penises and kissing women and can geek out with the best of them. Um, they got rid of her. He killed her. He killed, um, what's her face? But did he, uh, did he really? We don't know what happened to her. I mean, I think it was she obvious just, enough. She right? just disappeared. Well, but you never know. All right, that was crazy. a pretty violent throw against the wall. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, no, 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 no. I was talking about the, the little oh. uh, behaviorist girl. The yeah, one that, like, sure. found the secret room and then, like, you just, like, yeah, a shadow walked killed, up behind um, her? He definitely yeah, killed... That's... Uh, okay. Maybe I missed something then. No, no, I'm, I'm talking about who, who Matt is talking about now. The... Yeah, that, oh, okay. That, yeah, yeah, no, 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 bad. yeah, no, I agree. I'm sorry. I thought we were talking uh, about... So many those. characters. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't remember... Yeah, I can't remember a lot of these people. Okay, so I'm probably going to be wrong, but I just, I was throwing it out there. As a writer, myself... That would make a lot of sense. I would probably write that, which is probably why I'm not writing TV shows. So um, <laughs> we can all agree that Luke Hemsworth is forgettable. We, we're not really into oh, yeah, Luke. <laughs> yeah. He's like a forgettable He's, Hemsworth brother. Yeah, too, the, so. le- the least memorable Hemsworth. <laughs> I do feel bad, though. He got taken out by Indians. I feel like, you know, he's really living up the whole role-playing thing. So I think he's still alive, but I just – I don't know what happens there. I don't think anyone really cares. It's not really – Yeah, he's um, just been there Okay, you know well, he's he's like one of those bald like which what's the what's the Baldwin brother Danny Baldwin you know one of the Baldwin yeah, brothers. I think it has to be Danny because Alec <laughs> is fine and no there's Steven, another one there's a Stephen yeah. Baldwin yeah Stephen does better Danny Baldwin is the one who needs work yeah okay so, yeah um, so he's he's like the Danny Baldwin of the Hemsworth family yeah we could do this with the Wahlbergs too I'm sure um oh, the, yeah. the lawyer Manning yeah it's weird <laughs> yeah. because I actually. Despite the fact that, um, uh, I don't know, I like Blue's, Blue Brothers. I don't know why I like that show, but I enjoy watching it. It's kind of uh, turn your brain off uh, drama. But okay, so we have the finale. We're going to end the show here because we're hopefully we can get together again next week because I think we're going to have a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. And um, yeah, I think that's it. You guys got anything else that you want to point out, you want to discuss, or. Just wanted to make sure Jen finished uh, what she what she oh, was saying I, before I before I interrupt. Yeah, yeah, you did, but that's okay. <laughs> now, I mean, if anything, like you know, with talking about this on the pod, it's actually been pretty cool because we've already established we've we've come up with some really cool nicknames for people. So you know, like we have Bernarnold. Um, you know, we've established that Teddy is the Kenny of Westworld. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> 
that uh, the Hemsworth brother is, what did you call him, Matt? The, the lawyer Manning. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think we've, uh, if anything, um, we, we've come up with some pretty good uh, nicknames for some of the people on the show. I mean, there's so many characters, we just need to have nicknames. We should, oh, yeah. Uh, so, Fanny Newton, we could call her a mechanical areola, right? Is that, <laughs> is that a thing? Um, that may be too, too, uh, yeah. Anyhow. Yeah, um, you might lose some female listeners Hey, go on one. your best. Yeah, no, I would never lose any female <laughs> listeners. I would need some to begin with. Um, I'm kidding. Uh, my mother's li- no. Um, okay, so I would only mention to anyone who enjoys, um, holy fuck, brain fart, who enjoys Jeffrey Wright, uh, I want to point out, not many people watch this movie, but he basically plays the same character as he plays in Westworld in the movie called Source Code with Jake Gyllenhaal. It's a time loop movie, really underrated. I loved it. I can't recommend it enough. Uh, if you like time loop movies, it's really well done. It was... Um, I don't know. I just I watch everything that Jake Gyllenhaal is in because I think he's magic. Um, <laughs> I think the only male Aww. actor I like more is Ryan Gosling because Ryan Gosling is is, just is very sensitive. He's yeah, sensitive. He's, just, he's beautiful and sensitive, <laughs> and he's everything I want in a man as a heterosexual male. So, um, <laughs> uh, oh, don't so, yeah. don't forget Boardwalk Empire. He was in Boardwalk Empire too. Who? Uh, uh, oh, Bernard Arnold. Was? was he? Yeah. Oh I shit! I forgot. Was, yeah, he was like the the minister guy that Chalky was having problems with. That was like selling heroin and stuff. Remember? Man, what what was show it? had? Yeah, you're right, Valentine. I see yeah, it. yeah, 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 yeah. What season was this? I only made it to season three, and I was like, okay, this is boring me. Um, no, it was like it was like the last two seasons he was in yeah. it. He was amazing. Oh, okay, see, I didn't watch the last two seasons. Maybe I should. Yeah, I, I tried to get back into it, but I, it, it, I I left on that stage where the sniper starts creating his own life with the love interest. You know, not the sniper, the you know the the guy with the mask. Uh, the, you know what if it's. Uh, oh, the, the yeah, yeah yeah no you got to keep watching it. It it was amazing. Honestly, was... who gives a shit? It's not fancy football or Westworld. <laughs> um, okay. So, so yeah, before before we leave, I um. Speaking of Chalky from uh, Boardwalk Empire, I'm waiting for the casting call for Michael K. Williams to be in season two of Westworld because he is in every single HBO hour-long drama. Yeah, so that's I'm true. Just, I'm just expect yeah. I'm expecting him to be in season two involved one way or the other. It's funny because we've been trying to end the show for like 20 minutes. So um... this happened last <laughs> time too. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it I mean it's Westworld. Does. It's hard not to talk about. Okay, guys. Um, let's save the best for last. Uh, I'm not. I mean, it won't be our last episode, but let's save our best for the finale. Uh, yeah, I, that's it. Thank you for joining us. Um, yeah, I got nothing else on my. My endings are just so goddamn terrible. T hole lectures me on this all the time. I can never do a proper ending. It's just I don't want to say goodbye. To you know, let's. It's not goodbye. It's right. see you later. Right. Yeah. Aloha. <laughs> so, anyhow, thanks for joining me. Oh, one last thing, guys. You got to plug your Twitter. Oh. Wow. Good, Matt. Razball underscore MB. Soxfan012. Look at that. Matt's a team player, and we got a prototypical Red Sox fan taking all the credit. <laughs> yeah, Boston, Boston sports fans. <laughs> Okay, thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see everyone next week when we will be post-Westworld. What are we going to do with our lives? I have no idea. Game of Thrones, April. April, really? I know. (laughs) They started filming later because they wanted darker scenes. Who knows? Are we still on air? Yeah, we're still on air. I... (laughs) My mouse is hovering on stop low recording, but I feel like another great 20-minute conversation. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, I'm stopping...
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.